Amen. How many is glad to be here this morning? But I've just learned just to flow. How many knows it's just good to flow sometimes? Get stuck in a rut, and when you get stuck in a rut, then you get in the grave, and we don't want to get in the grave. But I wanted to know, I want to let you know something that I just really felt the Holy Spirit all morning this morning, great service this morning. I felt the same Spirit here, and I just want to tell you something prophetically that the Holy Spirit is at work. And I want to let you know that some of the greatest day, I'm not just saying this to get a shout out of you because I don't really care anymore. Uh, I, you know, I, I already have a shout on the inside of me, so whether you say amen or not doesn't affect my praise. But I do want to prophetically say to you today that the Holy Spirit is working and the devil is really, really mad. And we've been praying on Wednesday nights. Uh, these are the things we've been praying for on Wednesday nights. We've been praying for a spiritual awakening. We've been praying for a spiritual awakening. We've been praying for systems and structures and strategies and right people. We've been praying for that. How many knows that God can bring the people, but there has to be a system and a structure and a strategy to contain them? Would you say that? Uh, number three, we've been praying for numerical and spiritual growth. We've been praying for finances and resources. We've been praying for favor with the assemblies of God since they own this facility and we're leasing it. And we have tremendous favor. They just put in our heating and cooling. They just went ahead and fixed it. And then wisdom in our leadership and that we would be a missional church or a global church. And we've been praying over this and I don't want you to get discouraged as we pray over this every Wednesday because some of us you know, think that you know, I've put my change in the Coke machine and I've pressed what I wanted and nothing's come out so I've got aggravated at it and I've hit the Coke machine and I've beat the Coke machine up and still nothing's coming. That's how we look at prayer sometimes. We come to church and we view prayer as a Coke machine and we put our money in there and we pick what type of Coke we want. You know, I want a Diet Coke. I want Diet Dr. Pepper. Can I hear an amen? Diet Dr. Pepper or Diet Root Beer and you hit it and, and, and then nothing comes out and so next Sunday you come and you do the same thing. You put some more money in it and nothing comes out and guess what? The next Sunday you put some more money in there and you knock on it and nothing comes out until Jonathan, you get so aggravated Coke machine, you just beat the Coke machine. You just hit the Coke machine. That's how we look at prayer sometimes. You know, we keep, we keep putting the change in there and nothing is coming out. I, 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 Pastor, I'm praying every week. I'm hitting the button every week and nothing's coming out. Pastor, I, I, I'm tithing and I'm still in debt. I, I, I'm being nice to people and that just that, that, that lady got on my nerves this week at the bank. I just wanted to jack slap her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so you get so aggravated because every week you keep putting the holy prayer coins in the, the, the Coke prayer Coke machine and nothing is coming out. And you know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me to tell you today? He owns the Coke machine. I said He owns the Coke machine. And sometimes we get frustrated because it ain't coming out at the right time. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know something. It is not about the Coke. It is not about getting a particular Coke or whatever your answer is. It's about you coming in contact with the Holy Spirit. 
The reason we pray is not that we can get something from the Lord that does happen, but the reason we pray is that the Holy Spirit can bring us in to a deeper relationship with God. That's the why we pray. It's not about getting a new car. It's not about getting a new house. It's not about getting something new and brand new. It's about me coming in contact with the Holy Spirit and He's taking me deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper where I lose myself in the presence of Almighty God. That's what it's about. Can somebody wave your hand and say, I don't want a Coke. I want the owner of the Coke machine. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. You can't get frustrated because you ain't getting the Coke out of the Coke machine. I want the owner of the Coke machine. Can I hear an amen? You may be frustrated today and say, well, I, my prayer wasn't answered. Uh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm going to church and I'm giving and I'm praying and I'm doing what the pastor told me to do and nothing is happening. It's not about that. It's not about you getting something from God. It's about God getting a hold of you where you are enveloped in the presence of God, where you lose your character in His character, where your thoughts are His thoughts and your ways are His ways, where you become... Jesus! That's what it's about! That's what it's about! And when we, we, we get in this Christianity where it's a, we look at God as a, as a slot machine. As some God is this, this Santa Claus in heaven that we come to God and give Him our list and we give our list once a week and then we leave and then we wonder why things are not happening the way we think it should. Because God is trying to get us to a place where it's not about you getting everything you need. God, you would give me the desires of my heart. Isn't that amazing? We take one Scripture and we want to build a denomination upon it. There's one Scripture that says He will give you the desires of your heart, but you've got to read the Scriptures before that. You've got to delight yourself in Him. God is saying it's not about you putting your spiritual prayer coins in the spiritual Coke machine so you can get what you want. It's you coming in contact and, uh, and you knowing who the Coke machine belongs to. Hallelujah. Uh, that's just burning inside of me. Because, Sister Beth, that's what I want to do. I want to come in contact with God. I want to know God. I don't want to come to church and sing my songs and raise my hands. And that's good because I want to come. I want to see you. I love you. But most of all, I want to have an experience with God that it, when, when He touches me, it doesn't matter whether I got the car. It doesn't matter whether I get the house. It doesn't matter whether He answered that. I got you. And that's all that really matters. How many would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've come to the point in my life that it doesn't matter whether He answers that or whether He gives me a platform to preach or, or whether this door opens up. or whether and Because we live our life so frustrated because things are not happening the way we think it should. And God is saying, hold on here. I'm trying to get you to a place where you know who I am. Hallelujah. How many would stand to your feet right now and say, Pastor, I've decided all I want is Him. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want the presence and power of Almighty God. That's who I want. Come on, 
Can somebody say amen today? Can somebody wave your hand and bless the Lord today? Hallelujah. Live our life so frustrated. Remain standing. We live our life so frustrated because we're always going to the spiritual Coke machine trying to get something out of it. And we've exhausted ourselves. We have no more prayer coins to put in the Coke machine. We've ran out. And it's not happening the way we think it should. We're not getting what we want. The Lord is saying, it's not you getting what you want. That happens. God does answer prayers. That really does happen. But it's about God saying, I want you. I want you. It's not about what your list of things. It's about you. Is this all right? I said, is this all right? I said, is this all right? This missionary went to Egypt several years ago. He was preaching to people who don't know Jesus. And uh, got out one morning and was sitting in the balcony overlooking a particular river. Enjoying his coffee. Reminiscing about what God wants to do in Egypt. He knew there were thousands of people that didn't know the Lord. And he was desperate to hear from the Lord because he wanted to minister to these people. So as he's sitting there drinking his coffee and enjoying the morning, there was a young lady who had two babies in her arms. She walked down to the river, and to his amazement, this lady took the baby and threw the baby into the sea. He stood up, put down his coffee. He was like, did I just see this woman throw her baby into the ocean? He, he, he didn't, I mean, he, he, he was just bewildered. He was shocked. And his coffee he ran down to the edge of the river and the woman was walking away from the river. He goes up to the woman and says, Ma'am, did you just throw your baby into the ocean? She said, Yes, sir. He said, uh, I'm, I'm a little confused why you would throw your baby in the ocean. She said, Well, sir, what you don't understand is that I worship the God of the rivers. And every morning at the time I come and present Him an offering. And I presented my child as an offering to this God. He was like, I'm, I'm just confused. And she said, oh, no, no reason to be confused. I was just taught that I give my very best to my God. She said, so the child that I threw in the river was handicapped. She said, threw in the river was a perfectly healthy child. I threw him in the river. And it amazed me. He said, why did you throw a perfectly healthy child into the river? And you kept the handicapped child. She said, because in our culture, in our religion, we always give our very best to our God. 
So I wanted to give my very best to my God. And that was the perfectly healthy child that I had. And I threw him in the river to the river God. And I kept back what was deformed. He left that day thinking to himself, even though I would never throw my child in the river, ever, but because she's pagan, and because her mindset is that way, and the culture that they live, he understood a principle. That God, when He is truly in control of your life, He deserves your best. You don't throw the deformed in the river. You throw the best in the river. You throw the best in the river. You, you give God your best and let Him take care of the rest. And there are times when we don't get what we want out of the spiritual Coke machine, we don't want to give God our best because we don't have what we want. And our best is contingent. He gives me what I want. That was a handful. Can I say that again? Our best is contingent upon whether He has given me what I've asked for. So if God, if you have answered my request, I will give you my best. If you've answered my request, Lord, I'll give you my best praise. If I'm doing real good, Lord, financially, I'll give you my best. If I'm in a good mood, I'll treat people with respect. I'll give my best. As a matter of fact, I'll serve the church as long as I had a good week. I'll go to church as long as everything went okay this week. I'll go to church. I'll give Him my best. But your best is not contingent upon whether the Lord did something for you. Because Listen, listen. Because if, if your best is contingent upon what God has given you and done for you, then He's really not your God. Because how do I know He's my God? I can give Him my best even when He didn't give me what I want. Can somebody say amen? So, I know that He is in control of my life when I'm able to give Him my best even though it doesn't look like He has done anything. Because if my best is contingent upon what I think God has done for me, or what I've gotten from God, what I have from God, then He's really not your God. Do you have the ability to give your best even when your prayers seem to be delayed? Do you have the ability to give your best even when it seems like the things you've prayed for are not working? Do you have the ability to give your best and press through the struggle even though you know that you've been in the struggle a long time? Is your faith strong enough to persevere against the odds and give your best even when it seems like your prayers are delayed? Can you do that? Can you give your best in the middle of your mess? Can you do ministry even while you are miserable? Can you serve even when you're hurt? 
Can you pray? Can you pray for someone even though you need prayer yourself? Can you worship when you feel like inside of you your life is falling apart? Can we have the ability to give our very best when it seems like I'm not getting a Coke out of the Coke machine? Can I give my best? See, that's growth. That is true growth and true spiritual development. That I'm able to persevere. I'm able to give. I'm able to worship in the midst of the struggle. I'm able to give my best even when I don't understand. I'm able to give my all even when I feel like there's nothing in me to give. I'm able to stand in the midst of the fire and learn how to persevere. Learn how to press through. That, that just because I'm in the pit, the promise of the palace isn't for me. Just because I'm in the dungeon doesn't mean He don't have a destiny for me. Just because I'm in a whirlwind doesn't mean He's not going to take care of me. You've got to change your mindset. Your perception is either your passport or your prison. You've got to make up your mind. You see those three Hebrew boys? They're in the fiery furnace. And they didn't even know that there was a fourth man likened to the Son of God in the fiery furnace. The king looked in. And what did the king say? I think there's somebody in there that looks like the Son of God. See, sometimes when you're in the struggle, you don't even know that God's with you. But other people can look at your life and say, I know God has to be with them because if God wasn't with them, they would have gave up a long time ago. Sometimes you don't even know there's a fourth man in the furnace with you because the three Hebrew boys couldn't even see him. It was the king that looked in and saw it. And I can look at you. You can seem really discouraged this morning. You want to give up. But as you look at you and say this, I see somebody in the fire with you. I see somebody walking with you. I see somebody persevering with you. I see somebody, you may not see it, but I look at your life and I know somebody had to be in the fire with you or you wouldn't be standing where you are today. You wouldn't be where you are today. So, if we can give our best And it doesn't matter what is contingent upon that I freely can give my best to you no matter where I'm at in my life. You see, I, and I know this is so simple, but it's so true. I've pastored. I've, I, now, I may be I'm getting older, but I've pastored almost half of my life. And this is what I see. Now, I'm not saying this because of someone in this room. This is a blanket statement. This is a blanket statement. I see people this. They're victorious. They love God. And, they, and I, I, know, I know they love God. But the moment they hit a hard time, they slacken their church attendance. It's almost, I mean, it's just... And then they tell you, Pastor, I can't come to church right now because I need to heal. This is the stuff I hear. And I'm going to have to stop serving because I'm going through a hard time, Pastor. I can't serve right now. And what people fail to realize is that you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to give up because you're hurt and frustrated and it ain't going your way. He wants you to act like a spiritual baby and give up and quit serving, quit going to church because it ain't going your way. 
But it takes a true man of God and a true woman of God with spiritual intelligence to realize that I'm not called to give up in serving because I'm hurt. I'm called to serve more in my pain because that's where my healing comes from. That, that's where I'm healed. That's where I'm developed. That's where God does the healing in my life. Is when I'm able to... You say, Pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't been through any struggle. Y'all don't even know. You don't even know. You don't know. And I, I'm not going to give you a pity party. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was raised in drugs, alcohol, meth, you name it, I saw it, all of it. I saw people shooting up in their veins, I saw people passed out, I've had to get on people, resuscitate them, call 911, I've done it all. Done it all. I've had to take my mom food because she was homeless outside the tent. I was there when my mom took a knife and shoved it in the center of her chest because she was homeless, had nowhere to go. She tried to commit suicide. I was there, and I can just go on and on and on about all these sad stories I can have to tell. So that is why I'm telling you, I'm thankful I went through all of that because I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't go through all that mess. Sister Pat, it taught me to go to church and give God my best, even when my life was falling apart, I decided I was going to give Him my best. I was going to teach Sunday school. I'm, I drove the ch church van. didn't even know how to drive. I'd be thankful I don't drive it now. Aren't you glad, Pastor Sean, I drive it now? Those kids are screaming and yelling and bawling, and I'm hitting signs. Pastor eventually told me, listen, son, I really love you, but you can't drive those kids anymore. <laughs> Do you know what? I love God so much, I was willing to serve Him. Because I realized in serving Him, He takes care of the pain. You see what I'm saying? He takes care of the pain. You know what the Holy Spirit is saying today? The Holy Spirit is saying, number one, you've got to give your best in the midst of your pain. You've got to give your best in the midst of the struggle. Number two, you can't forget that God is with you. He's not a liar. If He said He was with you then, He's still with you now. You've got to keep moving on. Keep giving your best. Keep giving your all. You're not called to quit. What's this business of, you know, go to church? Come on. If you're a Christian, you're commanded to go. And the Scripture is our authority, not your feelings. The Scripture is our authority, not your feelings. Well, I feel like I want to... The Scripture is our... The Scriptures is your authority. You could worship an idolized version of yourself if the Scripture is not your authority. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this way? Because we live in 2019 and people are going crazy. And you've got to persevere. There's wickedness and persecution. People not standing for truth. And I'm telling Christ's point, we've got to persevere. We've got to continue to live it. We've got to continue to preach it. We've got to continue to give our best in the midst of the struggle. Now, I had a sermon prepared. 
I did. I really did have a sermon prepared. But just decided, is, is this the sermon? Is this the sermon? Is this the sermon? Can somebody over there say, I said, is this all right? The white men, their gifts, whether they brought it the house or the stable, they gave their best in the middle. And sometimes you've got to present your gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the stable. You've got to give your best in the stable of life. The stable stinks. There's urine. Stinks. But you've got to give your best in the stable of life. wasn't about the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was about the child. And it's not about what you present. It's about your heart. Given your all. Given everything you have. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't feel like this message is for, it's for all of us, but I do believe the Holy Spirit is dealing with several particular people here about how if you're here and you feel like you need to get back on track, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if you feel the unction of the Spirit, the mar-